Hi, I'm Paul, and I'm here to help with that. And we are... SP Film Viewers. I suspect foul play. I say I suspect foul play here, boy. (laughs) It's actually really good. Hello everyone and welcome to the episode. <laughs> I'm guessing you probably don't know what we're watching. <laughs> or I would not have known. Part of that, what I just did, is included in the trailer. Not so much the real foghorn like on thing that was going <laughs> for there. But yeah, so as you can already tell, this is the episode where we cover Knives Out. So it's quite funny actually the way we picked this one. You gave me quite a few options and I kind of said, oh, is this like that train one where it's like a murder mystery kind of thing? What What is that? Yeah, um, that's Murder on the Orient Express. Which I do think I was quite interested in. I've never played Cluedo before, but I feel like this had that kind of vibe to it. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I, this is one I've seen before and I thought you'd really appreciate this one because it's very good writing and, well, as we'll get into discussing it, all aspects of it are top-notch. Yeah, it it is really, really intriguing, actually. I think he's made me stay up late as well, which normally at the moment I'm going to bed quite early because I'm just shattered. But it was that gripping that I was like, I didn't even feel tired. I was just really intrigued to know, obviously, the outcome outcome of it and what was going to happen and... It took you on like different twists and turns and you didn't, I didn't really in the end know what to believe. So we'll go into this saying, hopefully you listen to this if you've seen this film before. So, because we are going to be kind of like going into big spoilers around this because of based on what the film is about. It's kind of like who did the murder type of thing. So we're going to obviously be talking a lot about all aspects of it. So yeah, just so just so you're mindful. So obviously, if you do want to go and watch it, go yeah, watch it, it. Then and then come, come back. Yeah, definitely <laughs> come back to this and hear our thoughts on it. So that being said, let's hmm. begin. First of all, I just want to ask you one question: hmm. Have you ever been in a murder mystery? You mean know, like acted out in a? Yeah, because I know we did attend like a thirtieth birthday, but we weren't really. That was the closest to ever doing something like that yeah I'd love to do one where I'm actually acting but you know I I'm not very good at acting like in drama (laughs) no neither am I I was rubbish like written all over my face that I'm lying or can't act or I'm not pulling it off really Mm. so even though I'd like to be part of one I feel like I, I wouldn't be a great like if I was the murderer I'd be like yeah, it were me. <laughs> Be written all over your face, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, going back to Knives Out, the film, you see that somebody's died, which is Harlan. Um, he's the lovely old man, and he's the one with all the money. 
which kind of in this, I feel like money is the root of all evil. As you very plainly see throughout from these relatives of his. It's horrible. None of them are actually there for him because they care. All they want is his money. I think obviously he's got some children, so he's got his daughter. And I feel like she generally does care about her dad and there is a connection there. So basically, obviously, Harlan is... We don't know at the moment how he's died or what's happened, but he's got a big family around him. Has he got three children? He's got two children um, and then various grandchildren from them. And then he's got that one lady who clings on. So he did have three... I'm guessing one of them passed Well, they split up, divorced, whatever. So she's still with the family. Mm Mm-hmm clutching his, his claws in still for the money that she can get. The one meaning the one who's called Joni. Yeah, and Meg. Yeah, the daughter, yeah. Who is a funnily a bit like, made you wear a bit like how, how Gwyneth Paltrow has got that like goop yeah. company thing that she's a bit like <laughs> that in this role with kind of like this, you know, self-made yeah. therapy health weirdness. Thing. I didn't really twig on that. I just felt like she was a bit of a hippie kind yeah. of character yeah. and pretending to be all nice and peace and central, but actually still got her own motives of why <laughs> she, not that she's killed him, but why she would want to stick around. Because oh, not being funny, I think it's it's nice to obviously if you like if you were no longer, I would obviously want to still be in touch with your parents and everything. Yeah. But I think it's one of those that her reason and her incentive is the wrong one. So she's just constantly fishing around there, and I, I don't think it's for the right reasons, really. So it kind of gets to the point, obviously, you've got your murder, the police are wanting to do some questioning. You have, obviously, what's his name? The detective. Sitting in the background. Yeah. Benoit Blanc, which is who's played by Daniel Craig. Bond? Yeah, James Bond. Does he talk like that, actually, or is he putting that no, on? No, he's, he's... Yeah, he's very much putting that on. He's, no, he's, he's a British actor normally. What is he but trying to be? Southern kind of thing, but like the fuck on their character from Looney Tunes, that kind of... Ah, uh, okay. That's where it's going with that. I get it. And they even mention that in the film later on. I do uh, quite like his character, actually. Yeah, but it's just a bit funny that he's, he went with that kind of yeah. choice of accent for it. But anyway, yeah. It is quite, it makes it a bit more comical, but at the same time, you do grow to love yeah. his character. Obviously, it gets a sort of on, on-set comedy aspect at the start as well, with what obviously we're going to say the maid who sort of brings up the breakfast and discovers that Alan has been murdered. So we think... And she does that like shock, but then she kind of like oh stumbles with the food like, but almost like not like drop like somebody would, in a in a way that just, in shock you you immediately drop the thing. It's kind of like a oh oh oops what have I kind of done like I wasn't supposed to come to, in to, here to, yeah. and notice um, this or yeah no 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 I mean like uh, oh oops accident like oh shit what she says and <laughs> kind of like uh, oh. Like, oh, I've got to clean this up now type of thing. Not a, 
not, the not, fact not, that this man dead. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of a funny vibe that, and it's like, is that a, to throw you off from the start or something like? There's a lot of throwing you off in this one, isn't there? There yeah. really is. Like, you kind of get to know about the children. So obviously you've got Walt, who is um, obviously his son. son. Yeah. Um, he owns the company that Harlan has, which is to do with books. I'm guessing like yeah. he's an author. Um, however, Walt never writes any of the books. It's always Harlan and... And he's so he's pushing for the fact of me like getting like t- movie and TV mm-hmm. rights for the adaptations and stuff. He's very much wanting that, which is I guess makes it all a, a modern twist, modern take on things. You know, like how back in the day when these mystery type things played, that stories out they're all about just the, the simple things like you know just pen and paper and mm-hmm. and like very not technological aspects of going about things so there's that's pushing it into the new age yeah thing with that and you feel for walt because he's kind of his dad seems to have always not in a bad way dumbed him down a little bit like his ideas are not bad um mm-hmm. but i think Harlan is a little bit of a perfectionist and he likes his things the way it is and is he's finding it hard to let go at the same time so he's kind of squandered walt's growth in any aspect, really, and mm-hmm. um, it's kind of just literally in his dados, dad dados. <laughs> that was meant to say, in his dad's <laughs> foot shadow, basically. Yeah. you know that's what it that is, dado. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so you've then got the daughter. Yeah, play by. Jamie Lee Curtis, who is Linda Drysdale, who's... Do you know what's really strange? I was like, oh, she's from Freaky Friday, and you were like, yeah, she's from another film as well, Sophie, and I'm like, is she? And you're like, well, what's your favourite Christmas film that you like? And I'm like, looking at you like, thinking, well, she's not in Home Alone, um, she's not in The Grinch, and you were like, no, Christmas with the Cranks, I'm like, really? Because she didn't have that hair? I know that sounds really daft, in Freaky Friday, it was cut like that short line, mm-hmm. so I can associate it. Yeah, whereas, yeah, Christmas, she looks completely like a different person. Well, when she you had said white it, hair in this. when you said it, I kind of noticed. Yeah, it, but it took a bit for that to sink in. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she's actually she's a bit of a sassy character, but she's still she loves her dad. I get that vibe. Mm-hmm. She's not in it for the money. Well, I think she kind of is though. She is, but I think not as much as the others. Like, you get a sense of her dad really does care for her as well. So, obviously, spoiler alert, her husband is... Having an affair. Yeah. Yeah. And his yes. dad... So, yeah, in the sense, that sense, he's kind of, like, wants to do right by her, by that, and kind of reveal mm-hmm. or tell her this is going on. Yeah. And I think there's, like, kind of scenes where she's kind of knows her dad's things so like for example he wrote a letter to her and she got a lighter and was able to read it that way yeah with like invisible ink type yeah yeah so there's certain things where i feel like they had a bit of a stronger connection she doesn't actually have a moment where like the others do like walt having a bit of a yelling match with Mm harlan she doesn't seem to have that animosity as much no her 
hers is more with her husband having an animosity with our Harlan, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So um, I quite like her as a character, actually. She's not not my bugbear. Okay. So then you've got obviously her son, who you don't is Captain America. You don't get to see a lot of him really until like the back end of the film. You just know that More he left so, the party yeah. early, and you kind of get in blips of that he's been cut out of the inheritance and is not a nice character, basically. But then there's a bit of a twist on him, but we haven't got to all the characters yet, so we'll carry on going. So then we've got Meg, who I, I could leave, like her or leave her. I, she's that hippie's daughter. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You've got a weird, strange boy. Yeah, he's the son of Walt, and he's he's constantly like political tweeting on. And I guess there's that like Walt's wife. I'm guessing like the prim proper one who just sits yeah, the there with the bag. Bond. Yeah, the Bond. I don't even know her yeah. name, um, but she's yeah. she's there. Um, <laughs> so and and then um, of course we've got the 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 carer of Harlem, the main lady. Yeah, Anna Day Armas, who plays character Marta. Does she normally have an accent? Because obviously she's trying to play. Yeah, yeah, she a does. European is it I European? Th- yeah, I think she's like. Latina. Because they keep referring back throughout the movie that obviously she's not from here. I think her mum's come in illegally. Um, from, I'm guessing they're in America, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, they are. And saying that basically then she's foreign and kind of you get that vibe that she's... Yeah, they keep, I think they do. I'm pretty sure they kind of kind of like saying, oh, you're from da-da-da, aren't you? Kind of thing. Maybe they're kind of getting it wrong in like some... Like, some weird, like, stereotypical thing, like, they don't really care about her that much to mm. know about her background entirely as to where she's actually from. And But they act like they do care. Yeah. Like... From the... F- I looked into... I thought there was maybe a connection with why she was called Martyr. Because I thought, you know, Martyr, that's... I know that's, like, an old term for something or other. So I did look up what the actual meaning f- for that is. Mm. The word... Martyr. In the past, it meant someone who chooses to sacrifice their life or face pain mm-hmm. like, or suffering instead of giving up something they hold sacred. Yeah, because like I know if you kind of you're martyring on that, that's kind of like a saying, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of true, really, within this role. I think that she plays. Yeah, exactly. That's, maybe that's a clever way of writing that. Having that as a name to reflect on that. Mm. By today's standards, it can also be described as someone always suffering one way or the other. So, for the other one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the suffering in the fact of, you know, having to deal with these hoity toity. Well, I don't know how she does it. I think I would have to just like quit because the falseness of them people, it would just drive anybody insane. And I think this is where Harlan gets to. Where he can see that everybody is not actually there for a genuine reason anymore. And it's a case of it's just money orientated. Yeah. It's not for the love, it's not for wanting companionship or anything like that. And I think Marta is the only one who actually gives him the time of day 
um, for Hal and she's there for him. Yeah, okay, she is getting paid to do so, but she does care and she's a friend. Yeah, very good one because they, you make they make a thing of saying that he, they play like um, bridge or mm. something with those little bead things <laughs> every night or or every other night or something like that to pass the time. So it's obviously it's a like competitively friendly game of that going on. But I know, obviously, I don't know if this is a common game that she used to play or she's been learned mm. or taught by him. And now she's actually getting better at it than him, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he don't want to play with her anymore kind of thing. He gets like this, I think he's quite an oldish man, so it looks like, I think it was 85, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, they were celebrating his 85th birthday. So. And he's having a tantrum like a two-year-old because Marta mm. keeps beating him at a game. <laughs> <laughs> so basically getting on with the murder kind of kind mystery vibe to it kind of got a bit of a background on the characters. Um, it comes apparent on the night of his birthday where he's literally cut most of his family out of the will or kind of putting them seeds of yeah, disconnection to... between them. Yeah. So obviously he did it to... Ransom. Ransom. Which is another, like, from like ransom, like holding somebody for ransom, I think. Oh my goodness, I didn't even twig on that. <laughs> That's really clever. Um, yeah, and I'll be able to remember it as well now you said that. Yeah. Um, straight away, cutting him out of the will, kind of wanting to do better for him. He also gets to a point with Walt where he's saying, I'm basically firing his own son. Yeah. Pretty much, and he's 85 years old. It's like, no, you're wanting someone to look after your business, not fire them. Yeah. Obviously, he's got that bust up with um, his daughter's husband, with the affair... Then, obviously, you've got that hippie-like one, which you say reminds you of... Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Because yeah. she's obviously pinching Meg's tuition, so she's getting double pay. Yeah, for that. For that. So there's all this kind of deceitfulness under the bed of this grand mansion house. Which, by the way, is, looks pretty spectacular, doesn't it? The, the, the art decor in that mm-hmm. place is like, wow, this is, you're like looking at all that intricacies of how things are placed around it. just looks amazing. The knives out thing that just like the, the knives out in the scenery, yeah. As <laughs> almost like Game of Thrones style, yeah, type thing. Well, exactly, it was like quite bizarrely that chair and yeah. some of the scenes, and just really grand, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um. So you kind of get that vibe of deceitfulness. You get that vibe of mistrust, and he's cutting everybody off on his eighty fifth birthday, which. It's not the greatest idea, you know, when you're 85 to upset all your family, but I think they need this lesson. So obviously, Marta goes upstairs and helps him get ready for bed. She ne- he needs some morphine and, and some other thing, yeah. which is like paracetamol, I'm guessing, or something to ease the pain or information mm-hmm. or yeah. something like that. So it looks like she's given him the wrong dosage, she's given him more morphine. <laughs> Than any human shouldn't yeah. take. Which comes into play because of the fact that when they're playing the the game, he kind of knocks the stuff off onto the floor and it made them make a point of showing that the bottles have fallen on the floor with the labels and she's kind of to think, oh, right, she did, she mixed up the two yeah. bottles there and it's like, oh, gosh, she has actually done this by accident. She's accidentally poisoned him and... 
gonna kill him. Yeah. However, I did think it was a bit bizarre that there was apparently this antidote that you have every med medical person should have in a bag, and it wasn't there. Which that made me have a bit of a hmm. seed of doubt that she doesn't seem that daft. She seems quite like she's got her stuff together. Yeah. That somebody else might be planning something. Yeah. So I had that in my head already. Who mind? Yeah. Even though, as I slowly come along to the story, that changed again for me. So my I'm very easily manipulated, obviously. Um, it's quite funny because obviously Marta has got this condition where she can't tell lies. A little bit like me, but I don't vomit if I... Yeah, I thought there was a sort of clever way of going about that. I can't say I've ever seen that happening, <laughs> like a Agatha Christie thing or a Poirot, so mm. someone doing that. Well, if I were a detective, I'd love her because it's like, oh, this is so easy. It's like built-in lie detector <laughs> yeah pretty much and um, i know for me i probably would go red i'm not very good at lying so my face kind of goes red and i'd look uncomfortable and yeah mind you i'm always rubbish with those when we've played in the past that la noir and you try and figure out from <laughs> the when you're doing the detective things in that and it's like it's almost like the character's purposely trying to be, look shifty and exaggerated mm. but it's like you still can't make out whether you're lying or not and really think um, it's it's really tricky I'm, I can't say I'd be a very good detective based I, on that but I'd like um, to think I would be a good detective I think I'm I'm quite good at reading people mm. like you you make me laugh because I can say to you oh blah blah's gonna say this or they're gonna do this and you're like how do you know this and then weirdly enough I'm normally right, aren't I, with what I predict. Obviously, I have to know the person or get to know them. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to be like what this detective is in spending a lot of time around the people to kind of suss yeah. them out. I can't straight away do it. Okay. But once I'm around them a little bit longer, I can have a little bit... I've got like a little bit of a people radar. Mm-hmm. I think it happens in films as well. I do I do it the same thing. Like. Yeah, I was going to say, is that apply to that as well yeah I'm not sure so that's why i always have like a knockout character ah. that i really personally like it doesn't mean that everybody else it's ah. everybody else's knockout okay. character but for me and can i ask who for you in this is is there more than one or is it just the one who's a knockout for you a very strong attachment to you can laugh um it should be but why am i always not the main characters all right okay like, so it's not Marta. she's all oh, nice. right okay and I do like her and I think she's good, but I feel like the detective, Blanc, blah, 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 whatever his ben, name is. Benoit Blanc, yeah. <laughs> is the knockout one for me. Okay. He's, he's the one who saves the day and... Well, as he sort of should, because he's the and I feel like type he, of detective. I like the way he's already sussed it all out. He knows what's going on. It, well, he didn't know, because he didn't know why he was even summoned to the... No, but he knew to cling around Marta and... Yeah. He took a keen this shine to quirky her. edge to aspects of things to look into. Yeah. And the way that he did detect things and he did it quite funnily. Um a donut hole. Yeah. yeah. In a donut <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I really liked him. He proper made me chuckle. Don't get me wrong, Marta was a good character, but I feel like he if he wasn't in it, it wouldn't half as be as good. Mm-hmm. And so it comes to light that 
she's seemingly got all the inheritance money from the in the will. Mm-hmm. Even though she's hiding the fact, obviously, from the detective that she's in her head, she's murdered or oh bless her by accident, Harlan. Yeah. So she's covering up her steps, literally, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> in one scene. And then obviously she gets given all the inheritance, but there's a loop, isn't there? Like if you've actually murdered somebody and have the inheritance to yeah, you, that you won't, you won't get, get it. it. Yeah. So they're trying to now... The family, the rest of the family are now trying to pin out or that put on her that she murdered and so they can obviously claim back what they think is rightfully theirs, theirs based on family. And this is where you get Ranson, yeah. who is... He deceits me in this and I get so tricked and get confused of what I'm even watching because it's like, he's initially he's a bad character and then he's a good character for yeah. half the film and you think he's really doing good by a martyr. Yeah. And then he's, he's not- a baddie again. And I'm like, what the hell? And I really believed it because it's like, oh, it's Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> so Captain America is Wouldn't a good lie. man. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. And I even went to a place where let my guard down completely of they might get together and have oh. children and live in this big mansion because yeah. he's rescuing her and he's going to give half of the inheritance or whatever to him. And I really, really went off on a fairy tale. Okay. So I was quite like, oh, Sophie, why did you not see this? He, he told you at the beginning. And the fact that I thought his name was strange, I didn't realise that it was like Ranson as in... Yeah. Yeah, holding you to Ranson. But I I do think that's a very strange name anyway, regardless. Mm. Obviously, his first name is Hugh. Mm. Which which quite comes into play later on, on as well. Yeah. Which does sound like you. Yeah. And it made me think of... So I was really all over the shop. I don't really think I saw the ending coming. Not one bit. Not It just was a whole twist, wasn't it? Well, yes, that's... Like I like keep saying, in a donut, in a donut, in a donut, in a hole, oh. in a donut. So basically what Harlan gets Marta to do is she's like panicking, obviously, because she's think she's poisoned him basically to die he's gonna he's only got like 10 seconds to live there's not gonna be 10 minutes 10 minutes pretend <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell anybody in 10 seconds what he's to only do got 10 minutes to live god um, <laughs> and basically he tells her what what the plan is because he wants the best for Marta, doesn't he yeah. so he tells her to come back and basically say right oh gosh look at the time, time. it's late yeah um very much. Oh, can't believe it's mid- nearly midnight. <laughs> kind of, yeah. kind of Runs says, out and then drives so that she avoids the cameras and all that stuff. And comes back and climbs up this thing to get the, the trellis. Yeah. Through to, this little window uh, that's yeah a hidden, a hidden window. Door, yeah. You know these houses have so many secret passages and everything like yeah. that. Um, and all this kind of story to cover up the fact that Marta had done this poisoning incorrectly medicating him mm-hmm. and then he bless him he takes his own life because he i'm guessing he doesn't want to wait for the pain or it's more realistic if he commits suicide Inside, yeah to for to rule out that suspect you know, of 
that being in his the bloodstream. The thing that's frustrating about this one mm. the most is in the end, actually, she she hasn't done the she hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah, it's a bit of and it's sad a bit thing. Bittersweet, After, yeah. Because it's like, well, actually, it... if you'd have waited ten minutes, she'd have been all right. But again, in the moment, you didn't know that was the case because they didn't know they'd been set up in that way. Mm. But I guess that's part of the whole story, story narrative with the, a twist of, of that of events with regarding that. Mm. So basically, what happens is Ranson is a horrible man and he changes the labels of the bottles yep. to make Marta think she's actually given the wrong mm. dosage. But because she's such a good carer... She knew which what the bottles looked like. She or knew what felt, was density or something like that. Or the colours as well of the liquid a little yeah. bit or whatever. Yeah. She knew yeah. which ones were which. And she'd given Hal in the right amount. Yep. So he would have been alive. Yeah. And so he taken away the antidote from her to so to make so as to make sure that she wasn't able to help him in his time of need. Unfortunately, so yeah, did frame. Yeah, he really did frame her, and it's quite a sad thought that he would still be around if he hadn't jumped the gun, so to speak. But he was protecting Marta, which obviously you understand why he's doing that now with the fact that he really does just howl and care about Marta for the fact that he's <laughs> decided to ditch his whole entire family. And give it to the carer who he's not known, not not saying not for long, but you know, compared to your whole family that you he's watched grow and you know live with them for yeah. his entire life. But this woman that's come into the scene, who's looking after him, so yeah. I can understand where the family's coming from in a sense. So they also do come to the intention that she's either slept with him or something because yeah, it does obviously look, look a bit suspect. Terms um, like why have you given it to? The carer, and because yeah. it's like, what's that about, kind of thing. And like, did she influence him to change the will yeah. or something like that? Manipulate yeah, manipulate him yeah. in any way right. or shape or form. Yeah. So they're really like now getting to a point of where they're like, this is our money, this is wrong, this needs to be corrected. And that's when she gets into Ransom's car and this little romance that I think's blossoming that really Doesn't... just gets shattered quite yeah. quickly for me. Yeah. So. I really enjoy the end scene where, as Dr. Um, Detective Blanc... Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was actually being not sarcastic. Doc, well, not the doctor part, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, is really, really digging into this. And Marta has actually confessed. She's told the truth. She said, I'm really sorry, this is what happened, this is what I did, and I, I, it was an accident. And I feel like, I don't know if, if this does happen in medical, like if somebody did do something like that and it was a mistake, how that would happen or what would how that about? You mean how that would play out in a court of yeah. law type of thing? I don't know, but obviously this is a bit, runs a bit deeper than just the, oops, I did that by yeah mistake kind of thing. So because there's all these other elements mm. going on with this, then it's, I don't know. But in in the case of this story, it's kind of like just wavered and... That's oh, because sorry. obviously she gave him the right one on medical. Yeah. So that comes about and then Ranson actually 
kind of in the end there's a bit where they're all in the house and the detective is doing his digging work and <laughs> she's like I'm, I'm gonna confess and i'm gonna tell the family and i'm gonna give it the money back and everything she's Marta wants to do the right thing mm-hmm. or what she thinks is the right thing yeah until the detective stops her and she kind of gets a bit she can tell she's quite confused at this stage because she thinks ransom is her friend and that he was helping her and if anything he was just making matters worse for mm-hmm. her as he yeah. went along he was like one of those things where you've got like a nem is a nem I feel like I'm finding Nemo, you know, when they say nemesis. When they say nemesis. But what does he say now? An enemy. But a nemesis. Yeah. I feel like I can't talk today. I don't know what is wrong with me. A nemesis. He's like, you don't know, and you think he's actually like one of your closest friends now, but actually. Every move you make, he's... I wonder if you're meaning, like, he's listened to what she has to say, but in the back of his eyes, they're thinking of, like, betraying her. Yeah, I think that's what it is. He's, like, gleaning information from her. Yeah. And befriending her. But then... Looking for a chance to backstab her. Yeah. yeah, to backstab yeah. her. And I think that's the thing that's quite shocking and upsetting. Mm-hmm. And this gets all played out and it kind of unravels in a tight, nice scene at the end, doesn't it? Even though there is a bit where Marta actually does a clever thing. So the other... Yeah, like I say, the maid. Yes. The maid, yeah, who who, who mentioned before about bringing the breakfast up to him. and um, She obviously says to Ransom, I know what you did, and sends him a letter and he then passes it on to Marta to look like Marta. So Marta yeah, meets yeah. her... And obviously, Ransom's already done his dirty work on her. Mm-hmm. And Marta then obviously does the right thing by the lady that works. For, she's the housekeeper, isn't she? Mm. And then in the end, I think this the housekeeper obviously actually dies. But Marta actually, bless her. Pretends on the phone that she's, when she gets a call from the hospital that she's okay. And therefore, that kind of inadvertently prompts Ransom to decide to confess yeah. to his crimes. And then <laughs> shortly after that, she, Marta then decides to be sick on him yeah. because <laughs> of the fact that she'd been lying about that aspect and therefore brought it out of him to putting in this re- on record yeah. for them. So then he goes to try and kill her with the many knives. And he picks the wrong one. I didn't get it initially. I thought she was gonna. I really did. Mm. I thought she was dead. And yeah, I mean, like... he had plenty to choose from and gets the one that isn't the one that seems to be. It's one of those fake knives that kind of slides into a thing to make it like a magic trick type of thing. Because then I say to you, I'm like, why is she not dead? Why is there no blood? I'm like, <laughs> looking at you like, what is going no. on? I wasn't going to say, oh, don't worry. She's going to be all right. Because obviously right. that's... Because for the first... what First time watch you... You, like like I did for the first time watching I'm not I'm gonna be like, oh saying you want that surprise, don't you, of realising No, no I don't. I I'd like to know that <laughs> everyone's gonna be alright. <laughs> you know what I'm like, I don't like surprises. But it kind of hinted that again earlier on when they're in the in the very top attic space when he's Harlem's looking at the, the knife that he's got anyway and he's talking about like the trickery of how things are not what they seem 
kind of thing. And so that's that's where that sort of comes into play in that scene. So it does, yeah, and it's all kinds of links back to one another. Mm. Um and in the end I really like the end scene that you get where Marta is on the balcony. That's a great shot. Because and, yeah. They've got the cup at the beginning as well, and it says my house, my rules, my coffee. And then she's when she knows she's got the house and all the family are standing outside and she's like towering over them in the in an ivory tower almost. Yeah. And she's got the cup in her hand and having a drink from it. It's like, yeah, this is, I own this place now. What are you going to do about it type of thing? Yeah. So you've just like, all this, this is, this, these, this is the facts of how it's, come to play and there's nothing you can do about it almost so they're all kind of like left with nothing and it's just I feel like they're looking up to her like kind of in a bit of a like a please like pity us in a sense like peasants down below yeah yeah even though actually Marta bless her what she's wearing doesn't look amazing and she's got like a yeah like a robe dressing gown type around her because obviously she's been through the works yeah for like a good week or something yeah so the level of class has greatly shifted and yeah but yeah she's it's kind of they look really posh still down there but she's looking down on them now yeah and i love that yeah there's not there's not a thing of looking at in awe it's kind of looking like oh gosh look what's what's, look what's happened to us what are we gonna do now yeah but the kind of one in her i think as well like please pity us that's how i feel a little bit like a please kind of be a howling and look after us and give us money yeah if that, I don't think she's gonna do that. No, definitely not. Not after what her family's done. <laughs> no, after everything she's put been through. Mm-hmm. And I think she deserves it, really. Oh, definitely. So yeah, I'm always. She's my favorite character in it, anyway. She does a great job within the role of throughout the story, and she does get what she deserves in a good way. Yeah, I think she. It shows actually. You don't have to be family. You don't have to be related to somebody to actually make an impact on somebody's life and I think that story about where what level of class or how high up you are as long as you're kind and you're good to people you'll get what you deserve and if you're a bit of a scumbag and you've got loads of money you'll still get what you deserve but in the wrong way Mm -hmm. and that kind of is the moral I think behind it like be good to you and people be good back to you yeah so I think that's pretty much the yeah. film. Yeah. Have you got any other notes to talk about or things to mention? Let me look, sis. Obviously, we already touched upon the donut inside a donut, but I really liked that line. It made yeah, me chuckle. chuckle. Um, I tell you what made me ch- chuckle. Um, when oh, they're having the big confab in the in the house, when and especially when Ransom comes in with his... Biscoff oh, yeah. biscuits, and I think which is kind of find funny that they obviously Americans do have yeah. biscuits, but I I don't think I've never seen anybody in America eating Biscoff biscuits before. Well, do tell us this if anyone is from America, because to be honest, I thought your biscuits were weird, like they're like scones, aren't they? For us? yeah, that's what they that's what they call them as well. So yeah, because obviously they refer to them as cookies, and obviously went in the midst of this argument they're all having like talking over each other and then Walter says to Ransom or Hugh in this instance he says 
how about some more cookies, Hugh? You want some cookies? Kind of thing. I don't know. It's like, just really tickles me the way he delivers that line. It's like just waving his things in his face. I don't know. It's, it's just really funny. It's strange that they call them cookies because yeah. like, they're really not a cookie. Like a cookie is a big biscuit. and like With the chocolate chips in it. But... It's like a ginger biscuit, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah, it's like a caramel infused i don't know it's it's lovely it's, it's real nice but obviously um, you can get them because yeah <laughs> but it's a biscuit come on let's be honest don't it's get confused not. with cookies and biscuits they're completely different things <laughs> so yes um if that's all if that's all we'll go to the yeah scoring. i think that's everything um so it is quite a comical film in some aspects yeah i think i think i've got a number in my head Am I going first and are you going first? It seems to be that you go first now. I don't know. It doesn't have to be. Oh, okay. Ladies first then. Yeah, ladies first this time. Yeah. Okay. Be a true gentleman since yeah. I haven't seen the film this time. Yeah. And you have. Hmm. I think the film length is really good. It doesn't seem to drag too much. It no. flows quite nicely hmm. and it's really intriguing to watch and see how the story pans out. It twists and turns and it gives you a little bit of a surprise and I think that's quite a nice ending the way it ends and I'm quite happy with how it all ties up nicely. I think the main character for me is the detective. I think he kind of adds a bit of a comical, which surprise that I actually like. I quite like his humour in it. Yeah, it's not over, th- not over the top. It's just kind of just funny remarks. that you It's a bit out. sarcastic, yeah. I guess, isn't it? Like In a sense, yeah. Yeah, and the way that he does certain things in his way he points things out and says things is he's not afraid to offend anybody or upset them. He's telling it his, as it is yeah, almost. Yeah. Straight talking. And Marta is obviously a lovely character. She's sincere and really nice. And then you've got these other people. Yeah, this collective. <laughs> bunch of manipulative, selfish people that just want mm-hmm. everything their way. And I think they kind of do annoy me a little bit. <laughs> but obviously you need that for the story to pan yeah. out. And I think for me, if you didn't have, obviously, the detective with a bit of humour and the way he figured things out, I think it'd lose a little bit for me, personally. I feel like he's really quite a strong, prominent character. <laughs> I do think it's clever shots. It's really yeah, intricate, definitely. the way that it's filmed and have really thought about how they're going to film it. And what with shots and angles, like we said about the scene at the end. Yeah. But I think I would definitely watch it again because I know I'd see something different. But I feel like it would be a solid eight for me. I don't think I can mark it any any higher, mm-hmm. just because some of the films that we've had have given me so much joy and kind of put a little bit of a ha- place in my heart. Like now, I actually think Singing in the Rain is my favourite movie so far. Like. Like, if somebody asked me what's my favourite movie now... Really? Oh, I feel like that's what I would say. Okay. Whereas this one, I'd, I'd think, not meaning this in a horrible way, it will probably go into Sophie's archives and she'll be like, oh, have I actually watched that? Oh, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> Great. Because I go, <laughs> go a little bit to a point of where things drop off the end of the cliff. My brain doesn't maintain as much... I don't have enough so, so, storage, storage for- or software... In my brain, like yours. Need to upgrade you. Yeah. Memory capacity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that one okay. will that's, probably... That's, that's fair, yeah. ...get kicked out. But Singing in the Rain is literally 
in file A at the front. front column, yeah. Well, I'm going to say match your scoring is the same as well. Hmm. My reasoning is the first time I've watched it, I probably would have given it a nine. Really? Did really enjoy the hmm. twist and turns and how the story played out. Really enjoyed it the first time. Not to say I didn't. I did obviously did enjoy it less, a little bit less this time, knowing what was happening and uh, length was okay. But obviously, I'm I'm kind of looking for the the beats of how things are going because I it's still relatively fresh in my head from mm, what, so you watching, knew what to expect still as, and... as, as such. It wasn't like I'd seen it like two years ago and. Or three, five years ago, whatever, and completely forgotten how things were. So I was like, oh, no, thing. So I kind of knew quite well what was going to occur. The ensemble cast that we've got going on are all fantastic in their own ways. The decor in the house is, I'd love to live there and just like, <laughs> really? just walk around the oh, whole thing no. and like look at all the, the, the thing and just like, just, just look really fantastic the way that they, the design production design on that was. I wouldn't mind being there like a weekend, but I don't think I could live there. I'd be no. like rattling around in this big house. You'd need That's a lot of children to live yeah. in that house. But yeah, there's obviously rewatch value in it for certain. Um, hopefully next time it comes around, it's not can the score doesn't incrementally go down. The <laughs> hopefully not. But it is very enjoyable, and yeah, so it's just a solid high I... eight for me. I think that's really good then. I feel like we're both on the same page. I do feel like I'm getting to a point with films where I can kind of see something that is golden. And I've noticed lately it's the older films. It's so bizarre that cling to me and yeah. like, they're so special. Like even The Karate Kid, like I really, really loved that. Mm -hmm. There's something. There's definitely something in the older generation of films that, that they just somehow got things right in a sense yeah i feel like sometimes i don't mean this in a horrible way we seem to try too hard now with certain things definitely yeah that but, it's just not as stand out as like just simple things that people wouldn't realize to do i guess yeah it, it definitely is difficult to when you say like oh something that came out two weeks ago is my favorite film i don't know it sounds mm -hmm. like, like really about all, all the things that have been in the past but i yeah there's going to be a certain point when you get like some like a, a sort of film from 2010 or something and is heralded as one of the greatest things ever type of thing and other the older films kind of get forgot, forgotten there'll be a there may be a point where that occurs but it, it's, no, it's very hard to there'll be people like you that kind of yeah keep like to keep hold of yeah the, the past um just a quick question obviously I've shared at the moment what I think my favourite film is Mm. Do we have time to ask you, apart from obviously Jurassic Parks? And The Shining. And The Shining. Those, is, those is... are the two neck and neck, really. In terms of, anybody really, really knows me at this point, it's, we know that Jurassic Park is, one of, is my favourite film. But as I've grown older and I've been able to watch The Shining as an adult and watch over the years, that's now uh, is my favourite film as an adult and it's greedy having both on the same mm. rung of the ladder but that is that is the case and it's my rules on that so oh is it now yeah so <laughs> i feel like i have to it's like i can't swap for if I, you asked me to swap one for the other i think i don't think i could really do that so yeah still for me i think dress packs would be like 
I'd keep that rather than the shiny. Right, okay. Just because it doesn't scare me half as much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah in terms of other things, I think... I know up is definitely... Why? It makes you cry. Right. Yeah, it touches me on that level for sure. And it's like a sad thing. But once you get, you get past that part, then you've got the, the fantastic story that we've already discussed in previous episodes as yeah, well. Yeah, so definitely as well go and check the that shining out. as well. So yeah, <laughs> nicely slipped those yeah, in, then, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Um, I would say my younger favorite film was The Notebook, so you might have to review mm-hmm. that at some point. Mm-hmm. I know we did say obviously, which quite funnily enough, <laughs> was between the singing in the rain and The Notebook to review. And now, actually, The Singing in the Rain has become one of my favourite films. So, yeah. I can't really complain about that, can I? No, no, no. So, we'll leave it there, guys. Thank you very much for listening to this potentially lengthy episode. <laughs> I don't know what it would be like when you edit it, but... Yeah, thank you so, so much for listening. I know people are getting to a point of, especially in the UK or wherever you are, that you're listening to, and if you're in lockdown or anything like that, I know people are getting to a point of a bit despair a little bit, thinking, when is this ever going to end? So I hope that if we can bring a little bit of a smile to your face, even if I can't say words right and it makes you laugh, then we're here to do that and hopefully give you some film knowledge from Paul as we go (laughs) along. (laughs) Yeah, we do appreciate you giving us a listen. Um, And you can continue to listen to and check out all our other episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and wherever else you may get your podcast from. Yeah. So definitely follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We've also got Twitter, and it's under the handle SP underscore film viewers. So definitely give us a like, subscribe, leave us a comment or anything that you want us to review. Um, Paul's manning that at the moment, but don't worry, I have access. Um, so I can see anything. So if you do want to reach out to me or anything like that that's fine as well so all that's left to say is thank you very much for listening once again and we'll speak to you next time speak to you next time take care everyone bye now bye